The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Begin by giving some attention to your posture. And it can be a kind thing to try to find a posture that is comfortable, but also allows you to be awake, not to fall asleep. And in doing loving-kindness practice, it's often good to emphasize the comfortable part of a posture. And gently close your eyes. Noticing how you are. Noticing whatever attitude you might have. And to the degree degree that it's possible, putting aside any attitudes that are critical or worried doubtful. And instead, see if you can have this very, very simple, ordinary attitude of goodwill or caring so that maybe you can Ease up a little bit. Be a little bit at. Be. be let yourself be at ease. <clears throat> As you sit here. The Buddha once talked about loving-kindness practice as a practice that helps us to breathe easily. Perhaps some acceptance Some softening, relaxing is helpful as you sit here. As you exhale, 
letting go of your thoughts, concerns, and softening the tensions in your body. Every time you let go, every time you breathe out, see if you can let go of thoughts, worries, concerns. In favor of being more present here for yourself.
And when you're present here for yourself, for, for however you're feeling in the present moment, can you regard it with acceptance, equanimity, kindness? If you feel any tensions in your body, Uh, be with those tensions in a kind way, accepting way, not as something to try to get rid of, but rather something to hold with a generosity of spirit. It's okay. If here and now you have thoughts or concerns that persist, that trouble you, See if you can hold those troubles with acceptance and kindness. It's okay. Seeing if you can relax in your belly or your chest in such a way that your breathing becomes a little bit more fluid or easy or relaxed. Maybe there's a way you can allow yourself to breathe more deeply. 
And then now, can you bring to mind some person for whom it's relatively easy and uncomplicated to regard kindly, to have goodwill for, to feel friendly towards. It doesn't have to be a particularly good friend or close person, but for some people, for someone who comes to mind now, who it's easy and uncomplicated to have some degree of goodwill Kindness, friendliness, well-wishing. And when you think of this person or when you imagine being in the presence of this person, what is it that gets evoked in you, what happens within you that makes you feel kind or kindly disposed or friendly? Is there some feeling, some attitude, some way of thinking? some sensations in your body that are associated with a friendly or kind or loving attitude towards this person. For a little while here, bring to mind the person, visualize the person or think about the person. And if there's any feelings in your bodies connected to your goodwill, breathe with those feelings. Breathe through them, breathe with them. Allow them to be there. Let the breath help you stay connected to those feelings.
and then thinking about this person. See if you can generate a little bit more concerns, thoughts, feelings of goodwill, well-wishing for this person. Maybe simply imagining what a good thing it would be if this person could be happy or peaceful. Maybe imagining the person with a smile on his or her face. As you think of this person, perhaps it can be helpful to quietly in your mind say a single word. It somehow expresses what you wish for this person. That your well-wishing is a wish for their happiness or their safety or their peace, joy, love. And if you have a word or two or three that very quietly in your mind say the word almost as if you do it as an offering to that person. Repeat some of these words as a way of giving voice to your well-wishing. And repeat the words so that your well-wishing can stay in the forefront of what your, your attitude right now. Now see if you can switch the focus from this person to yourself. 
See if you can think about yourself or look upon yourself. And find some way to wish yourself well, to be friendly or kind to yourself. Maybe there's a felt sense way of being in the body of how it feels when you have goodwill or acceptance or even love for yourself. And towards yourself, offer some single words that express the quality or the feeling that you'd like for yourself. Happy, peaceful, love, Repeat these words to yourself as you would drop a pebble in a pond and the rip and the waves ripple out from the pebble. So drop these words into yourself, into your heart, and let the meaning of the word somehow resonate within you as you wish yourself well. Happy. Or peace. Or love.
And then to end this sitting, take a couple of minutes to just sit quietly, doing nothing much more than being with your breath, breathing in and breathing out. Well, it wasn't by design to have the blowers <laughs> going through this whole sitting period. Perhaps if I'd known, I would have done something else now. But um, I did the little guided meditation differently than I would have done if there hadn't been blowers. I had much more silence and made it simpler. But that uh, is a lesson that... Um, the meditation practice of loving kindness. There is no like one and only way of doing it. And um, loving kindness meditation can be done a number of di- many different ways, maybe infinite number of ways. There are some kind of technically formal ways of doing it, particular technique technique for doing it. But the most exacting way of doing it that follows a particular s- sequence and all that. Works really well for some people. Just uh, just kind of relaxing, just or kind of engaging, just follow a sequence that's already established. And it's particularly well used for, on retreats where someone's developing a lot of strong concentration around the loving kindness practice. In daily life, in daily life sitting, it's often helpful to be quite creative in how you do it, imaginative. Um, free yourselves of shoulds and shouldn'ts like it has to be a certain way or you have to f- end up feeling a certain way. But rather, um, be a little bit playful even. And um, so you enjoy what you're doing. And you can vary and experiment with different ways of evoking, giving expression to uh, your goodwill, your kindness, your friendliness, your loving kindness, your love, whatever word f- works for you. And so... Uh, the, this sitting, I offered you something very simple, was 
is to think of someone, someone it's easy to feel goodwill towards or, and also to yourself, and um, see if you can find some feeling, some attitude, or thoughts of goodwill, and then find single words that somehow express what you wish, the well-wishing that you have. Like if you want yourself to be happy, just say the word happy. <laughs> and uh, say it quietly, and you're, like, then drop it in, like you're dropping it into a, a pond and letting the waves ripple out. Just drop that word in and feel the word, sense it, let it resonate with something. See what it evokes within you when you say the word happy. Or maybe it's um, the word love itself you wish for yourself to be more loving. Or perhaps it's the word peace, to be peaceful, or ease, have ease, or safety, or something. Just drop it in there and just do it repeatedly and see if you can, it can give expression to the goodwill or it can evoke it or see what it does inside of you. So that's, you know, it's not, that's not a traditionally, you know, way of doing it. You don't read to go back in the text and find, oh, that's what he's talking about. Uh, it's just, a, you know, a little more creative suggestion of ways it can be done. And, um, and I think in daily life, it uh, works much better to cultivate loving kindness if we can be a little bit creative or playful or original, finding our way, you know, according to what works for us. Uh, in, in circumstance, in the time, the situation. And um, so, um, um, so, does anybody want to uh, recount just a few words about what it was like to do that meditation independent of the blower? You know, in doing, in, in, you know, in thinking about someone, thinking about yourself, dropping these words in there, um, touching into some kind of goodwill. Does anybody want to say a few words about what that was like? It might be nice to get, you know, a range of different reactions, responses, effects that it had. Is it on? I was surprised to find that um, at the end, in wishing goodwill for myself, that um, I was bombarded by all the confusion in my life. (laughs) It was much easier to um, wish the goodwill to other people. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to do it, but it was, uh, I was surprised. So in, in response, I'll say that, that uh, the traditional way of doing loving-kindness meditation, which is following a sequence, um, has behind it a principle. The sequence means a sequence of different people. So you do first yourself. The traditional sequence is you do it to yourself first, and then you do it to a, a benefactor or a friend, and then you do it to a neutral person, someone who you have no particular feelings for, for or against, and then you do it towards, uh, traditionally it's called an enemy, here in uh, the West, many teachers call it the difficult person. You follow that sequence. But the principle behind the sequence is you start where the person's easiest for. And then you go from there and, and go to the next person, the next category, which is not quite as easy, but still somewhat easy. And then, you know, so you're kind of stretching yourself and learning how to have goodwill, friendliness, to, eventually to people, even your enemies. But you start where it's easy and you universalize it. 
So, um, uh, so that's the principle. So don't get. So it means that if what you want to do is cultivate goodwill, uh, maybe you wouldn't do it in this circumstance for yourself. You would start with other people whom it's easy, and you maybe go around and do different people and kind of really get it going, a nice feeling, a feeling like that. And eventually you can get to yourself. Or maybe you ignore yourself. Maybe it's not the, you know, useful for today. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is that part of the function of loving kindness is also to highlight for us what's going on. And uh, just like mindfulness, we try to be present and notice what's happening in our life in a clear way. Uh, so in the same way, loving kindness sometimes, because it's a theme in a particular thing, sometimes it uh, flushes things out uh, or highlights things that you know we haven't noticed. And so... Um, so for you, and that can be really useful. And then, um, uh, so sometimes it's called a purification practice. You get to see what's going on. And then at some point, you can, if it, you get really confused or whatever, then you can stop doing loving kindness and do mindfulness with that. Or you can do a loving kindness towards your confusion or towards your anger or whatever it might be. May my confusion be peaceful. May my confusion become soothed or clear. Thank you. Two things happened that were interesting and different. One was um, in in saying the words for the other person, my heart felt physically different. And I don't necessarily have the right words for it, but it just felt very... um, I don't know. Different from usual or different from when you did it to yourself? Dif- well, both. Mm-hmm. Different from usual and different than when I did it for myself. So, I don't know, it, raw or just very uh, physically strong and different. Beautiful. So. And then the other thing that was interesting that had not happened in meta practice before was um, in saying it for myself, I found myself gathering peaceful visual images and bringing them in um, and it just happened spontaneously but Beautiful. it was I think helpful. great. So, so, I mean, some people are more visually oriented than they are I mean, when they think than they are with, uh, thinking with words. So then having images uh, to drop into the well, into the pond uh, might be more useful than the words. I wanted to thank you, Gil, because um, on the the first practice day a month ago, you um, it was uh, the beginning of the meta uh, meditation, but you stressed, to my surprise, you stressed ease, being at ease in the body. Are you at ease in your heart, in your mind? And for me at that time, it was no, I was not. <laughs> And I, I always look forward to these practice days when I can come. And, and I was having a difficult time physically. I struggle with my body a lot. And uh, it was kind of chaos. Uh, so that helped me so much. And I carried that with me uh, throughout the month, just reminding myself, am I at ease? Because I, I know that I carry a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Often there's no reason for it. It's habitual, yeah. maybe. Um, 
a nervous thing? I have no idea, but uh, anyway, I, I appreciate that very much. So, I, I, would, so, I mean, uh, I don't want to say something's not happening for you exactly, but uh, I would interpret what you just described, that through, the, through, through the, uh, the month you looked at yourself, is there ease, and come back to ease, that that's a, that expresses goodwill, well-wishing to yourself. There's a kindness, a caring that's there. And, um, and some people would recognize it as caring for themselves, but it is. And sometimes, uh, sometimes seeing it that way or, uh, helps actually strengthening, strengthen the goodwill that we actually try to take care of ourselves. It's a good thing to do that. Yeah, I guess uh, that's an interesting way of looking at it because for me I keep thinking of healing and trying to get to a place uh, and then the other side of me is saying, well, just be with what is and relax into it and, um, and that can be a friendly. And thinking of the ease, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, extremely helpful. Great. Okay. So, thank you. And um, uh, I thought what, what I'd like to do is uh, we'll probably take our lunch break around 12 o'clock. And what I'd like to do is to um, uh, have you do a little bit of talking among yourselves, partly to people who are new here can maybe meet some other people here before the lunchtime, and, and, uh, but also to follow up on what we've done so far. And what I'd like to uh, ask you to do is to go into groups of three. And, um, and in your groups of three, have a little conversation about... Um, about um, I had thought about it. Let me think. I have to kind of... I have to remind myself. Um, there were two things. Um, oh, yeah. So what is it... Um, in what circumstances is it easy for you to have goodwill towards others or towards yourself. So what circumstances is it easy? What are the situations, circumstances, you know, that make it easy for you to have goodwill? And then the second one is um, what can you do so that uh, goodwill can become more frequent? What can you do so that your goodwill, your friendliness, your loving kindness is not just a chance thing that it happens, what can you do that's realistic and reasonable that to make it that you have goodwill a little bit more often than you do? You understand those questions? So when is it, what circumstances is it easy for you to have it and what are the things you can, simple things you can do to make it more likely for you to feel goodwill? And so uh, to have a conversation with um, uh, your other two people and uh, we're not going to time how long each person talks, so uh, I really want to ask uh, that everybody in the, in the group um, be very conscientious about how much you speak, so that the is everyone should have an equal amount of time to speak, if they want to, if they have something to say. So, so if, um, if, it's, if you get a sense that maybe you're spent doing more than a third of the speaking, um, and uh, make sure the other people have a chance to speak or they want to speak and have time to ch- speak as well. And then just go, maybe go around and just uh, talk on these topics, maybe first the first one and then the second, and somehow massage, work those topics and share it with each other. And uh, so I think what we'll do is take about 15 or so minutes for that. So um, if, um, and you're also welcome to spread out a little bit. You can take some of the chairs in the outer hall if you'd like, just so that not everyone's talking in here. Um, and, um, 
And then I'll, when it's time to stop, I'll ring a bell and we'll come back and regather here before we stop for lunch. Okay? So please. Before I say some concluding words for the morning, does any of you have anything you want to say, uh, check in about, or your conversation, what came up for you? And I, I only saw all the good energy. I didn't hear actually what people talked about, so I'm a little bit curious. Over here, to the left. Well, in our group of three, um, the biggest factor seemed to be feeling safe. Our ability to give loving kindness or even feel it for ourselves was if we felt safe. Great, thank you. Um, if I'm around someone who's being very difficult you know, the, the, in the enemy role for me, um, I try to remind myself if, if they're being mean or something that's a sign that they're suffering. Um, and I remind myself, well, they're probably suffering more than I am. So that makes it, and I don't want anyone to suffer, so it makes it easier for me to feel some meta for them. Great, thank you. So um, it seems like when I say the phrase, may I be, and you're doing it for the people, I start mixing that phrase with the breath, concentrating on all of that. And so it seems like I'm just doing it to be concentrate, to do concentration. But is that, is that um, where you said you were doing mindfulness? So it, I guess it depends. Yes, you, it's, um, uh, I mean, kindness can be done as a concentration practice. And, uh, and as a concentration practice, it can be done two ways. Uh, one is as a simply as a, as a mantra that has no meaning for you. It just, you, you could just be, take some names out of a telephone book and repeat them often enough and regularly enough and get focused. You can get pretty concentrated. So, so, or you could use it as a concentration practice that's connected directly to the feelings and the intention um, that come along with loving-kindness practice. So you might feel more loving and softer. And, and when those feelings occur, and uh, that's, a, that's a very different flavor to the concentration practice than if, it, if there's no feelings, it's just a you know, convenient mantra. So where do these feelings, how do you get them? Are they supposed to just be there? Because that's what it seems like, just a bunch of words and a name. And then that's why it's turning into concentration. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so it could be. So it could be. So sometimes as people get concentrated, uh, sometimes, uh, hopefully when people get concentrated, um, um, they start getting uh, softer. Uh, concentration where people get tight is not so useful. And so it gets softer, the mind gets more expansive, more open. And as we get softer and more expansive, and kind of then uh, generally uh, if, uh, it's easier to start feeling love or feel kindness or goodwill 
And if you're saying those phrases, it might just, you know, then, then, the, then those phrases kind of touch that place. So generally, I would expect that if you're doing concentration practice with loving kindness, sooner or later, those words are going to touch something. So it would be good to do this like on a month retreat, right? Yes. Where you're doing it constantly right. over and over. And there are people who do that. Uh, uh, we, we, we do in our wider scene have um, loving-kindness retreats. That uh, Usually when they're advertised loving-kindness retreats, they're usually a week long, and that's all they do for a week. But on the longer retreats, like the month-longs that we teach at Spirit Rock or the six weeks at IMS, uh, it's, um, it's not advertised, but uh, there are some people who then will... Um, um, not follow the program in the hall, but um, but we'll get individual guidance from the teachers to do loving kindness practice for the month, and so then they're given instructions and support, and and that's when the strongest states of concentration um, tend to arise is on these long retreats. And it's a beautiful thing. Many an interesting. Many interesting things arose in our discussion, but the one that was the most unusual or got me really thinking was when does behavior intended to be compassionate fall across the line into condescension? Condescension. When does does compassion turn into condescension? Condescension. Condescending behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So... So just yeah, to, I think to be aware of that, yeah. the importance of being aware of that. Well, I've never heard that exactly, but I can see it happening. I can imagine it. the the um, The idea with karuna, with compassion, is that and all all these you know loving kindness as well, is that you don't want to. Uh, it's not a status thing where you're better than someone else, and you're looking down at them. And for in terms of compassion, compassion, that'll be pity. You look down, poor person, you know. It's more like uh, uh, karuna, compassion is, has the empathy where more like we're equals, where you're seeing each, seeing each other in each other. You see yourself in the other person. You imagine yourself in the other person's shoes. So if you approach the person, the person doesn't feel belittled by it or, or uh, feels really like respected. And, and, uh, so there's a sense of a kind of equality or certainly not belittlement. A condensation, what was the word? Condensation. Um, I, I, I would, I would, I would um, relate that to what happens when um, we become a victim of suffering. So when we feel someone suffering and we somehow take it in and feel distress, that's not compassion. Some people confuse distress with compassion. And I imagine if there's enough dis- distress, distress or discomfort, that might be a, a trigger sometimes for some kind of aversion, some kind of pushing away. And... Um, but it hurts me to imagine that that would be confused for compassion. But I could see it kind of being a, you know, being an alternative response to suffering. Have you had a seen? Have you seen it as being confused with compassion? Oh, I see. It was someone else? You're quoting someone else. So maybe I shouldn't. You don't want to put the person on the spot. So, yes. Well, I can say how I, I sort of, I think I experienced what you're talking about is that uh, often that, uh, say there's somebody you don't particularly like <laughs> and you're with another person, you're sort of talking negatively about them. And I have a good friend who's named Larry. And so this friend said to Larry, as they were doing this, and Larry, guess what? They're happy too. 
you know, not only are they better than you as we're trashing them, because <laughs> we're jealous of them, and they're happy. <laughs> and like, just to really drill it in there, the way, you know, it's pointless to be trying to be thinking about somebody else. And so when you said that, the wish, may you be happy, um, it, I think it, you can have a little condescending sort of thing, like, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, but I'm better than you anyway, uh, even though I'm going to wish you happiness or something, yeah. because this rivalry is so intense that you're feeling, or these yeah, I guess. feelings of negativity about maybe, that. Maybe it relates to it. So I've, heard, I've heard some people say, if you really want to get, get, get back at your enemy, forgive them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the spirit of it, but... <laughs> Maybe we can discuss this more when we do the compassion. Yeah. Next month okay. or whenever. So let's let's. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So um, can I just say one other thing too that I was going to share? Yeah. We had a wonderful conversation, and we talked. Uh, it was really sort of a great light bulb for me, like thinking about. It. We talked about cross cultural differences of how we might view these things, and what occurred to me as a way of being able to be more often wish kindness for people was not seeing myself so separate but and and not perceiving the world as dualistic and seeing us all in it together mm-hmm. and not having the focus necessarily be my own needs in this individual way and that when I can bring that perspective then it's much more likely that I'm going to wish a goodwill uh, or kindness to another being. Beautiful. Great. Thank you. So the Buddha said uh, that um, if you generate loving kindness for as, for as long as you can snap your fingers, that's a pretty short time, right? Um, and then, then, you're fol- then you are following his instructions. <laughs> and, um, and then I think that the idea is to do it again. <laughs> and again and again and then, you know not to you know, did that let's go on to something else so um, it's now 12.15 let's start again in here at 1.15 and uh, and then in the afternoon uh, we'll do some more meditation and also do a whole thing on the Metta Sutta exploration of this discourse if you're not going to be here for the afternoon if you'd like to have a copy of the of the Metta Sutta, then um, I don't know. Uh, they're color coded, so so if um, I guess if you take if we don't take it, it has to be the right number. <laughs> so I guess I shouldn't have said anything. I don't think I have the ability to figure out what to do. Anyway, it's the same translation as at the back of my book, The Issue at Hand. So you can take the book. <laughs> so, thank you. Enjoy your lunch. And those people who know